Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. When I was on pilgrimage last summer to Poland with Beth, my favorite place to visit was Nova Huta, a city just outside of Krakow. It means new city. It was built in the communist era by the communists to be the ideal atheistic communistic city, a modern city dedicated to work and industry. And most of all, it was meant to be a city without God. Well, at least that was the plan of the communists. The communists did not want God in this city. And so they outlawed public worship. They outlawed a church from ever being built there. But the Catholic Polish workers wanted a church. They wanted God. And they would put up a, a cross in the middle of the fields right there in Nova Huta. And, the, and the, the communists would come and tear down the cross. And the Polish workers would put the cross back up. And the communists would tear it back down. And there'd be fighting and riots all around this cross. And at the very center of this struggle, was a great man, our hero, St. John Paul II, who at the time was a young auxiliary bishop of Krakow. And and he made this like the center battle point with the atheistic communistic regime, this city that they wanted to build without God. Imagine that a city in Poland where, where God is outlawed. No church is allowed to open. You know, from 1957 to 1977, every year, Karawaitiwa would celebrate a Christmas Eve mass out in the open fields for those Polish workers. And thousands of people would come out in the, just imagine that, those those frigid temperatures in Poland on December 24th. Uh, There they were gathering for Christmas Eve mass to show the world we want God. And and as I think about this, this great story from John Paul II's life, we, we can remember the great hunger those Polish people had, the hunger for the mass, the hunger for a church to be open. And they were willing to do whatever they could to, to make whatever sacrifices necessary for a church to be open right there in their town. Their pastor, Bishop Wojtyla, he also had a great hunger, a great urgency to do whatever he could, to be as creative as he could, to bring the people the sacraments and open a church there to make the sacraments readily available and and a place of worship for the people. He wanted to open a church. I think about Carol Wojtyla and I think about those Polish workers in this time where we have our own different kind of struggle. But in light of COVID-19, we've all been trying to figure out how do we open our own churches again? What's the best way to do it? How do we do it safely? But how do we do it so that we can bring the sacraments to as many people as possible? And I've been so grateful to hear of a number of pastors and parishes and different organizations that have been very creative. They have a great urgency, like JP2 did, to, to do everything possible to bring us the sacraments, to do it safely, to do it very carefully but to bring the sacraments to as many people as possible, as often as possible, and as readily available as possible. You may know of some of these creative stories, and I want to hear from you. We're going to talk about that in the show. I want to hear from you if you know of parishes or different organizations that have been really creative to, to bring the Mass to make it accessible to as many people as possible, to bring ador- Eucharistic adoration to as many people as possible safely, 
but making it more available to bring the sacrament of confession. We need this wonderful sacrament of reconciliation as a regular rhythm of our lives. We need this this sacrament. I want to hear from you. If you know of great stories of a certain priest or a certain parish, a certain organization that's doing great things, they're doing it safely, but they're really creative, they're really energetic, and you just know they are there to bring you the sacraments. They're going to do whatever they can to do it as safely, but as frequently and as often and, 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 and to the widest net as possible for all of us. I want to hear from you. Reach out to me on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can find me also on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. You can contact me, send me an email through my website. I want to hear your creative story so I can share them with others. We're all trying to figure this out together, and, and you probably know of some great stories of churches opening up in really creative ways. I want to hear your stories. This is what we're going to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've been mentioning these uh, different events I've been able to do uh, with various groups around the world. I want to give a shout out to some of the groups I met with recently, like the St. Francis Xavier Men's Group in Birmingham, Alabama. It was great doing that early morning men's session with you all. And uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Young Adult Group in San Diego, California. Uh, great to be with you. The the ca- Coffee Conversations for the Empower Philippines program. Thousands of people in the Philippines. It was so awesome to get to, to meet with them and to talk about discipleship. Uh, and, and really, one of, the, one of my favorite events I did recently was with the Diocese of Lismore, Australia. I did a, uh, a biblical workshop, four biblical workshops for the, all of their Catholic school teachers. It was so awesome. Uh, I did four 90-minute sessions walking through different parts of the Bible. And uh, it was in my time, it was like from 5 p.m. till about 1.15 in the morning <laughs> uh, to kind of make the time change for all the school teachers in Australia. But that's been so fun. If you know of a a school system or a parish that would be interested in having me do a workshop for them, uh, whether it's parish leaders, catechists, Catholic school teachers, I'd be thrilled to do workshops like I was able to do just this last week uh, with the diocese in Australia. Or I'd be thrilled to come to your small group, your men's group, your women's group, your Bible study group. You can reach out to me uh, on my website, uh, edwardsri.com. Go to the events page. You can find me there, or you can just reach me directly at events. Dot edward three at gmail.com. That's events.edwardsri at gmail.com. And I'd love to come visit your group virtually over Zoom. <laughs> so let's talk about this, though, about what's happening in, in, in parishes opening up. And again, so many great creative stories out there. I, I want to rewind even before the opening. And I, I really want to honor my pastor, Father Brian, at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Denver here. Uh, in the midst of the lockdown, you know, when we couldn't go to mass, I just remember, just, do you remember that time? How, just how shocking that was to not go to mass on a Sunday when you were healthy and ready to go and you wanted to receive the Eucharist, but you couldn't because your church was closed. So thankful for the many churches like Our Lady of Lords that provided live stream masses. Um, but what our, our pastor did, it was so wonderful. Uh, by live streaming the masses on Facebook Live, he didn't just do a mass. He, he wanted to make it as beautiful as possible and really connect with us. And so he, he did it the second week. He opened it up and did it in the church. He got music. He got a, a pianist, a violinist, 
and I think one of them were, or both of them sang as well. But it was, you know, they had to keep it under 10 people in the building. But, but it was beautiful, uh, and, and it, it felt like one of the regular masses we're going to because they really have beautiful liturgy and beautiful music at this parish. Uh, we're so blessed, and even though we couldn't be there in person, it was beautiful to be able to participate. We really felt like we were right there with him. We were participating with him. He had an altar server even. It was just, it, it was really great. And then as he spoke to us, you, you, you just knew with his father's heart, he was speaking directly to us to encourage us. And you, you could tell his sadness that his spiritual flock, his children, weren't able to be present with him. Uh, but it was really moving. And, and I know many of you probably had experiences like that with your local parish, but he really went over the top to make it as, as beautiful and as personal as possible. Uh, since the opening up, you know, so many creative things happening in many other parishes around the country. I'm, I'm going to just share with you just stories that, that I know about from here in, in the area in Colorado. And I'm going to tell you about my local parish uh, that's close uh, to us. So it's the parish is probably closest to our house, uh, St. Thomas More Parish. It's the largest parish in the whole diocese here. But I want to honor them for what they did to make Eucharistic adoration so available, so easily available to all of us. It was an incredible blessing. So it, it's the largest parish in terms of parish numbers, and, and the, the, the church structure itself is, is probably the largest, the biggest space. But they opened up the church, and from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day, they had Eucharistic adoration available, not just Jesus in the tabernacle. That would have been great in and of itself, but they actually you know, began each day with a little Eucharistic procession. They closed with benediction, and, and all day long for those 12 hours, anyone could just pop in. You know, you could just stop in and in those, especially in those troubled months of late March, early April, or, or, or all of April and early May. Do you just remember the, the fear, the anxiety, the stress? There was such a weight that we all were carrying in our hearts to be able to go to Jesus, to draw near to him, to pray, to ask for his help, to ask for his guidance, all those things. It was, it was just amazing. And, and it was fun to see, you know, because you can easily socially distance and space out. 10 people could easily be in different parts of this space just to worship God. And they've continued to do this all throughout this period. And it, it's, I tell you, in those days, I spent a lot of time over at this, at, at this church just to be with Jesus in adoration. Uh, and I'll share with you a little, little, little secret. No, it's not a secret. It's not anymore because I'm telling you all. Um, but I was working on a book at the time, and and I always like to take you know my book when when I get to you know I like to write out the outlines for every chapter, spend some time in the chapel writing things out, you know, pen to paper, and then I'll you know go home or go to my office and then do the actual writing on the computer. Uh, and I always definitely always take the, the final kind of, as I get close to the, to the end zone on a book, so to speak, I, I like to really read the book in front of the adoration chapel and just really just read through it, pray with Jesus, Jesus, you know, what words do you want to say here? What would be helpful for the people who might read these books? You know, so I really want them to encounter Jesus and not just me. So it's a practice I've always had to bring uh, a book project, you know, at the beginning, you know, as I'm writing each chapter, and then certainly when I'm coming to the end of it all, uh, always to the chapel. So I'm kind of coming in and out of a chapel all the time. Well, there's a book project I was working on around this time of Lent and the Easter season. And I, I will just say I wrote probably 90% of it in front of the Adoration Chapel. Uh, well, at least what I did was, uh, 
because the church was all open and, and, and they kept the, the doors to the vestibule open, everyone, you know, could go into the church. I would go in and I would pray and then I could step out of the church and I could just be in the vestibule and there'd be nobody there because nobody was around. And I had my, I had my laptop and I'd be on my knees and I'd be typing on my laptop. I would actually be writing and it didn't distract anybody inside because I'm out in the vestibule, but I could see Jesus and the monstrance. It was so awesome. Uh, and I, and I, I can tell there were a number of things that in, in this book that I know were not my own kind of like great little turn of phrase or little insight. It really felt like I was able to really pray through this book like never before. I've always tried to pray through my books, but this was a much deeper experience. Uh, and I'm so grateful for that time at, at, at this parish. I want to encourage you, if your parish has, whether it's formal Eucharistic adoration with a monstrance, or even if they just, the church is open and, and you can go and visit Jesus in the tabernacle, I want to encourage you to go. Go there. Try to, you know, see, you might not be able to get to mass because it's crowded and there's a lot of people around. You may have a health issue and you're, you're afraid to do that. Or maybe, you, have, you, you know, you have to stand in line and get a ticket, you know, or not a physical line, but an online line, so to speak. You know, a lot of parishes are doing it that way. And it may be hard, but if you can at least get into a parish, if there's a parish near you, to just stop and spend some time in the presence of Jesus, it's a wonderful thing. Jesus is waiting for you. He's longing for you. He, he wants, that's why he's there present in the tabernacles. So that's why we want those doors open if we can to get them open. I know that there's unique circumstances in, in every place. Every place is different, but, but in the general principle should be we want to do all we can to open the door so our people can draw near to Jesus in the Eucharist. And, and maybe you've not been able to go to Mass as often as you'd like, but if there is a church nearby, any any place, you know, I know of some focused missionaries, for example, that were driving like an hour uh, to go be able to get to, to get to Jesus, to get to the Eucharist. And, and maybe you can't do that every day, but maybe on a weekend, could you, if, if you know that the next city over actually as a church is open, go, even if it's not mass, but to go and be in the presence of God, it, it, is, it, it will strengthen you. We, we can't be disconnected from the sacraments for so long like this. We need to do what we can. And, and, and Jesus is understanding if you have a serious health issue, of course, you need to do what's most prudent for you. But I want to challenge us to ask, is there something more I can do to draw near to Jesus, to spend time with him in the blessed sacrament? I am so thankful that this church so close to my home, St. Thomas More, has had Eucharistic adoration available like this. Maybe your church doesn't but maybe there's a certain hour of the day they open it up, or maybe it's just Jesus in the tabernacle. But if you can go make a visit, you will be blessed. Don't be disconnected from the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist for so long. We need him as part of our regular spiritual rhythm. I want to share with you another great story. Uh, this is a, another parish here in the Denver area. Uh, and I, I just was able to go to mass there today. Uh, and it's awesome. This church uh, the pastor, as soon as things were able to open up, he built a simple, small platform. In fact, I think he was building it during the lockdown, anticipating when things open up, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> but he built a simple, small platform outside and, and, and a simple little wooden canopy with a pitched kind of roof <laughs> to the, uh, above it and, and, and had an altar there and just made it, it was very small, very simple, but it was beautiful. 
And and he it, this is not a big parish property. He didn't have a lot of land, a lot of space, but he knew if he could do it outdoors, it would be easier to get more people in his small little church. So he used the very limited lawn space he had and the very small parking lot space he had, but he maximized it. He was super creative. I love it. Uh, to make little dozen, you know, dozens of small little sections that he roped off. And he had, he put stakes in the ground and then he roped these little sections off for families or individuals to go in. And each little roped off section is a properly socially distanced from the other ones. So following all the social distancing norms. And then he started opening up not just mass on Sunday, but a daily noon mass. And people started hearing about it. People from all over Denver would go to this church uh, and, and there were no signups, no tickets, no reservations. You could just show up. And that's what we want to do. We want to try to find a way, you know, is there a way that we can make the sacraments more readily available where it's, you know, somebody can just show up. I understand why we might have to do tickets and signups and all, uh, but can we be creative? Can we think, is there a way to do it? And, and this pastor, it was just awesome where people could just show up and, and then you're just seeing all of these families, tons of people coming. Uh, the pastor was telling me that on a Sunday they can get, you know, about 300 people all outdoors and it's all socially distanced, out in the fresh air, very safe. But people can come and they can gather and there's still a sense of the community together. But most of all, to come to communion with Jesus Christ and participate in the sacrifice of the mass. You know, so my wife had heard about this and then you know, for many, many weeks now has been going, taking our kids, going up to this weekday mass that's available every noon. And, uh, and, and again, I want to encourage us. I want to encourage you to think, you know, maybe I, I can't get to the Sunday Mass because it's too many people maybe and you're worried about your health uh, and that could be a, a real concern. Or maybe it's just, you know, I didn't, I didn't, make the, I didn't get the lottery ticket. <laughs> you know, there wasn't enough space for me to make it uh, at the Sunday Mass. Can you get to a weekday Mass? There's less people that come to a weekday Mass. Maybe, maybe there's a, a, a great parish that you can find that you feel safe that you can go to. Again, Every situation is different. I want to be really clear here. You may have like, you know, serious health issues and, and you don't want to be exposed to this virus and God's going to understand you have a dispensation, you know, so pray from home, worship from home. But I do want to ask if you can, if there was a safe way to either visit a tabernacle or a safe way for you to go and participate, even in a, a small weekday mass that maybe you felt more comfortable at, what can we do? What can we do more to connect with Jesus in the sacraments? It's just a, something for us to be considering here. Uh, another place I want to talk about here, I want to talk about something that uh, Focus did at the start of the reopening when uh, the government and in, in our, our state here allowed things to open and churches to open again. There were many parishes that were trying to figure it all out. How do we do it? And, you know, this is the first time they've had to think through something like this. And so it took some time to figure it all out. And they, a lot of parishes were opening slowly and cautiously, understandably. Uh, but Focus, I was so impressed. The founder and CEO of Focus, Curtis Martin, said, I want to do whatever I can to help. I want to help. He had a sense of that urgency like JP2. What can we do to make the sacraments available for our own staff and their families? And so he worked with the archbishop and found a really creative way to make the sacraments available. And so uh, our offices are up in the mountains and uh, we have a large, like two-tiered parking lot that's on the side of a hill, and it it, it it can kind of make it like a natural amphitheater, if you will. And uh, and 
the, the, what, what this was really helpful for in those early days as things were reopening, a lot of people, you know, didn't get the lottery, so they couldn't go. If, and he worked with the archbishop that if, you know, if our staff and our parish and our, our families could, could come up here and do mass safely outdoors, very far apart from each other, but with outdoors and, you know, that would alleviate some of the pressure of the parishes and allow other people to come and to receive communion at those parishes. And then we could provide it up here for this, you know, unique circumstance. And in those early days and of gradually reopening, it was awesome. They had every other parking spot was there designated for a family. So family can come sit, they sit in their little parking spot. That's their designated socially distant space. And then a large parking lot space in between the next family. Uh, but it was awesome. Uh, the archbishop came actually to one of the masses. Uh, it was great to have him there, and uh, and and they did a great job. You know, they they built a nice little portable canopy. They had music. They had uh, uh, loudspeakers. Worship outdoors. It, it was just it was amazing. But another great thing that they did was make confession available to make the sacrament of reconciliation available after mass. Again, they did this outdoor. Focus has a, a number of national chaplains that work at the national office and the chaplains would be sitting outdoors, socially distant with a chair, you know, properly spaced apart, but people then could go to confession, not just participate in the sacrifice of the mass, not just receive Jesus and holy communion, but also to be able to encounter Jesus in the sacrament of mercy and receive forgiveness of sins and the grace to overcome our sins. Again, I hear so many people talk about, I miss communion. I, I want to receive communion more regularly. And, and that's great. It, we should have that hunger. I haven't heard many people hunger for confession as much. I hope, I hope you're hungering for confession. Are you? Have you been able to get to confession? I want to hear your stories. If you have, have heard of creative ways that confession can be safely uh, made available to people, but readily available to a lot of people frequently. Uh, have you heard creative ways that that can happen? Uh, I, I, want, I want to hear about that. So some of the takeaways. I'm going to give you some takeaways. First of all, don't forget, send me your stories, creative ideas to inspire others. We can all learn from each other as we're trying to figure it out. We're all getting a sense. This is probably going to be for the long term. <laughs> this is an ending in a month or so. It's going to be many, many months before things could begin to return to normal. Let's share creative ideas, share stories. Please send those to me. You can reach out to me on my Facebook page, reach out to me on Instagram or on my website, edwardsri.com, edwardsri.com. I want to give you another takeaway, though. Ask yourself, what more can I do? And I want to be clear, as I've said multiple times here, every personal situation is different. God's going to understand if you're not able to go. But I do want to invite us to ask, huh, I wonder, could I, if I had to drive a little farther to get to a place where I could receive Eucharist or drive a little farther to go to adoration, you know, I heard that there's adoration in you know, two towns over. Would, would you make that sacrifice? Those Polish workers made tons of sacrifices to try to change the situation so they can have a church open there. Can you get to confession? Are you actually going online and finding out, is any parish offering confession nearby and how are they doing it? When can I go? When's the last time you've been to the sacrament of confession? We need that as a regular rhythm of our lives. We need to go regularly, like at least once a month if we're a healthy Christian. If you haven't sinned enough in the last month to go to confession, let me know because that means you're a saint. I want to meet you. That's awesome. <laughs> but is there? Can we, can we go to confession, find a way 
uh, to do it safely, prudently, but is, is there some way to go to confession? Can I get to an adoration chapel? Maybe my parish isn't offering adoration. Maybe my town is, but maybe the next town over is. You know, we don't want to be disconnected from the sacraments, receiving the Eucharist, participating in the Mass, worshiping Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, whether it's a tabernacle or a monstrance, going to confession. We can do more. I'm sharing this with you because I've heard from some Catholics, that, that even ones that don't have any health issues, but they're becoming a little lax. They're becoming a little complacent. Like, well, I guess we just don't have to go to Mass anymore. I'll just watch something on my video or I'll just pray at home. They're not making it a priority, that urgency like JP2 had. Uh, So I want to encourage us to do, again, prudently, safely, but is there something more we can do? When we stand before God on Judgment Day, will He ask us, did you really do everything you could? to go to confession? Did you do everything you could reasonably to receive me in the Eucharist? And again, you might not be able to, and then your answer is a good one. But on that last day, I, I want to do what I can. And that's why I want to encourage us here. Last thing for parishes, and maybe some of you work in a parish. Maybe you've already developed your plan. Here's our plan for the year. But after you heard this show, maybe there's something that kind of stirred in your heart saying, I wonder if we could do something more. Maybe you volunteer at your parish and you heard about what your parish was doing and you were excited that they were doing a couple of these things. But then maybe there's something here that touched your heart and you're thinking, man, I wonder if our parish can do that. Don't settle for the plan you have right now. You can adjust the plan. You can recommend to the pastor. You can recommend to the parish council, whoever makes these decisions, the parish leaders. Hey, here's an idea. I heard about this idea. I wonder if we could try this. Let's keep being creative. I hope we continue to be creative all throughout this year. This whole COVID situation, it, it, it always is changing. There's some new thing we learn, some new restriction. I think we're going to have to be constantly flexible, constantly patient with ourselves, but also constantly creative and urgent. What can we do to bring the sacraments to more people? as safely as possible, but to as many people as possible, as often as possible, as readily available as possible. What can we do as lay people to dispose ourselves, to be able to be in Jesus's presence in the Eucharist, receive him and worship him? That's my hope. I hope this has been helpful. Reach out to me again, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me there. You can also find me on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. And don't forget to share your stories with me. I want to hear from you so I can share these stories with others. We're all learning together. Thanks so much. and God bless.